Charles Stuart, former King of England, you stand accused of the heinous crime of regicide. How do you plead? Brother <laughs> Gorilla! Oh, Sister Josephine! It seems they have arrested Jake Thackeray in place of King Charles I. No, no, it wasn't um, Jake Thackeray. It was me, Muddled Roberts, doing his voice. Yeah, I do all the voices. Um, I did your voice as well. You don't exist. It was quite obvious, really, because you said King Charles I. And you wouldn't have said that at his trial, you see, because you wouldn't have known that it was going to be Charles II. So you don't say Charles I if you don't know there's going to be a second, you see. You see what I'm saying? You just said King Charles. I see, and is it not also wondrous strange that King Charles be charged with the crime of regicide, the killing of a king, when he himself is about to be subject to that very crime? Yeah, yeah, well, good point. Five. Give me five. High five. Eat five. 
Jeremy, who joins me now. Jeremy, good evening. Uh, yeah, all right, mate. Whatever. 
Jeremy, it must have been a simply gargantuan task to set about making these selections from such a huge collection. No, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad, no. I see. Um, and um, can you tell me a little more about your father's taste in music? Uh, he enjoyed a vast range, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. He liked a lot, I liked a lot of stuff, you know. He liked, um, he liked jazz. Anything else that um, he particularly enjoyed? Well, no, no, I'll tell you, I, I, I think he didn't really like music that much. No, you know, he didn't really like it. He liked more, he liked the sounds of nature, you know, he preferred that. The sounds of nature, indeed, yes. Yeah, you know, like uh, a particular favourite of his, a particular sound he liked was uh, the orgasm of a whore. Ah, indeed, yes, um, quite a resonant, uh, can be very redolent, a highly intriguing example there, Sean. Um, of course, one may doubt, in some cases, the true veracity of the actual um, intention itself. You what, mate? Well, um, yeah, I mean that in, in her, um... In her eagerness to give yeoman service, uh, the maid may, indeed, uh, somewhat over-egg the pudding. Do not feel. I wish you bloody spoke English, mate. Well, um, methinks that um, my lady does protest too much, you might, might um, reasonably posit. Like you really started to get on my tits. Um, no, Jeremy, please. Uh, no, all right, no, I'll just clear one thing up, mate. Uh, I ain't Jeremy, right? Uh, Jeremy, uh, he can't make it tonight, so he sent me his bed, right? Because uh, I am the person who um, drives his car around and uh, uh, spends all his credit cards for him. See, like, you haven't got time to do that. I see, I see indeed. And um, do you ever run into trouble with police, perhaps thinking you're some form of identity theft? Thief? Look, uh, I don't really like uh, what you're going on about, so I'll tell you what, why don't you just uh, fuck off, mate, and uh, I'll take over from here. Capital, I would be only too happy to oblige. Well, thank you very much for the ex excellent hospitality we've been sharing out with you. Make yourself scarce, mate, all right? the head the drum deal so never knew if he was for real he said he liked the music of the undertones I liked the teenage kicks the best of every piece of music that was ever made but that's insane because if you play teenage kicks by the undertones I'm all about Five times You're gonna Get pretty sick of that song Even if you're the mother of the undertones Even their mother Gonna get pretty sick of that song After about uh, Five or six Every time he walked down the street, they'd say, There's John, real quick, go and get teenage kicked by the undertones. And 
play it to him Because he'll really like it, it's his favourite record But what if he really hated it? What if he really couldn't stand it no more? But he didn't like to tell anybody In case they said, oh you're Mr. Inconsistency Oh he just said it one time but then he had to say it all the time And everywhere he'd go They had to listen to Teenage Kicks by The Uncle Tones And he even had to meet them and shake them by the hand And say they're really grand Well I can never see inside the head jumping So I never knew if he was for real, but I kinda doubt it. I can't make no sense of it. Teenage kids are right through the night. It would be quite a fright to be kicked. I jump I watched TV one night. I'd forgotten that I'd stopped. On the TV was a competition to find the world's most human human. Contestants came from far and wide. Oh, I'm sorry, I remembered wrongly. They just came from far. Why didn't seem to get a look in? The contestants were all very human, as you might expect. The ones who weren't very human, having been knocked out in the early stages, and the ones who were very human, but not quite as human as these ones, knocked out in rounds such as the quarterfinals and the semi-finals. This was the creme de la creme, the most human of humanity. They had to parade in bikinis and evening wear. And then there was a little interview in which they said what their hopes and dreams were. The judges deliberated long and hard before eventually announcing their winner, Stalin. very delighted with the uh, response I've had uh, since I've started doing these podcasts and some people have said some absolutely marvellous things to me really have I'm very very pleased indeed Um, uh, because I just say that there's one thing that I would like you not to say um, and that is that the show is crazy that the podcast is crazy because (laughs) some people have said "Ooh, it's a bit crazy and um, I'd rather you didn't Um, I'll tell you why It's um, because of my father. Uh, He was someone who was diagnosed as, um, as a social worker used to put it, with mental health issues. (laughs) Which um, always made us chuckle a bit because we used to say, mental health issues? (laughs) More like a bloody nutter. (laughs) 
Because um, he must have killed, uh, I suppose, um, 750 to 800 people. Um, not all at once, of course. Uh, in dreams of drabs. Uh, I'm talking about my father now, uh, not the social worker. The social worker was, in fact, one of his early victims. Um, I do remember that day well. Um, my father made a bit of a day of it, actually. He, um, he spent the whole morning um, maiming him, and then he broke for lunch and explained that he'd be back after lunch to um, finish him off. So at least he'd, uh, you know, timetabled that one. And um, so off he went, and um, I put my head around the corner of the barn. Uh, we lived in the countryside, and um, the social worker started um, pleading with me uh, to try and help him escape. Well, I felt, um, well, I felt that as a friend, I should really point out to him that, um, well, there wasn't much point, was there? Because, you know, even if he did actually manage to escape, it really wasn't going to be that much of a life. Not with um, what was left of him. He wasn't um, exactly what I'd call viable anymore. No, much better to just uh, try and stick it out a little while longer, wait till father comes back from lunch, and then get uh, both barrels of the shotgun through the brain and off to the incorporeal world beyond. But, um, I think I talked him into it. Um, he, he started whimpering and not uh, speaking after a while. So uh, anyway, um, I met um, father on his way back to the barn and um, he, was, um, he wasn't carrying a shotgun. He was carrying a pair of secateurs. And I thought, well, what are those for? But um, anyway, it seems I must have um, misled the social worker, poor fellow, a little because um, his dispatch was not as quick as I'd um, let, been led him to believe. Um, screams went on for some, for some time before he uh, eventually did join that incorporeal world beyond. And I'd say that the social worker was probably one of my father's sort of typical victims, really, because he really relished killing. He absolutely loved it. It wasn't a chore for him. He threw himself into it, hook, line and sinker. And uh, that's a terrible thing, really, because you add all these killings together, and what you get is a rain of mass murder. That's all it is. And the police, well, I have to say, they were absolutely hopeless. They had no idea, no idea whatsoever that he was doing any of this. I mean, from time to time, we get a visit from a local village bobby, a local flatfoot, who'd uh, knock on the door and ask. And he'd ask if we'd seen such and such or so and so, and our father would be calm as you like. He'd, he'd just put a friendly arm round his shoulder and uh, walk with him round to the back of the house, and then he'd just give him a gentle shove on that shoulder and he'd go straight into the septic tank which father had filled with sulfuric acid. Oh, they fizzed away like an Alka-Seltzer in a glass of water, those village bobbies, those flat feet. Well, I came to the conclusion that father must be stopped and that the only way to stop him was by killing him, by killing him myself. And I made a vow a solemn vow that I would kill once and never kill again. And I thought that God would forgive the sin of murder on this one occasion because this was a deed that needed a dooding. Father must be stopped. I felt the Lord would surely forgive me for such an act. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I certainly do not relish the prospect of spending all eternity in the fires of hell with that man, my father. Now, you see, he had never trained me in the art of killing. And um, 
in the end, I settled on a very simple method. I rammed a whaling harpoon down his gullet. Which, I must admit, <laughs> I had actually copied from him. Because um, I'd, I'd seen him do that on a couple of Boy Scouts the week before, who'd called around for Bob a job. And um, I remember thinking to myself, well, I could do that. I, I, could, I think I could do that. So anyway, it was uh, about a week later and the whaling harpoon was still lying around on the ground, so I just seized it and, as I say, just rammed it down his gullet. And do you know what? I think he was glad. I think he was glad to be released from this life where the only pleasure he could get was from killing. And I think he recognised in me another killer. Because I enjoyed that. I enjoyed taking his life find it very satisfying a very very fulfilling experience indeed and I think I got through to a father in a way I'd never managed to before those hands were they clawing at my face or gently caressing my cheek it's hard to read someone's full intention when their lungs are filling up with blood but but I think there was a tenderness there that he'd never ever shown me before now, you see, uh, we have a little bit of a problem with this uh, enjoyment of the act because, uh, you see, now I'm uh, finding that I'm tempted. And um, I'm a bit concerned that I, I might be crazy myself. It's, it's a worry. It's a very real worry. So uh, when people say they find the podcast crazy, well, you can see that uh, adds to my worry. Adds to my worry very much. No, I, I certainly wouldn't want any of my dear listeners, for instance, um, to be a victim of mine, um, because I don't think God would forgive that. No, uh, I think he'd take a very dim view of that indeed. I heard you get a ticket on the maiden voyage of the Titanic I heard you took a ride on the Hindenburg on its last voyage and I hope you're okay are you okay? I hope you're okay I hope you're okay Are you okay? Fuck yeah.
so toll, das ist so geil, das ist so toll, das ist so geil, das schmeckt mir gut, das schmeckt mir gut. Montag, Dienstag, Mittwoch, Donnerstag, Freitag, Samstag, Sonntag. Lundi.